Okay. What's up, everybody? Welcome yeah. back to another episode of Bros Talking, the show where two brothers get together and talk about whatever we want to talk about. My name is Ethan, as always, joined by my brother Nick. Hello. Dude, it's been a while. It has been a while. In a decent amount of time. How's your how's your life? It's uh not terrible. Not not really exciting either. Not not a whole lot going on. My hair has gotten to the point where it's long and it's ruining my life, so I might have to chop it off soon. I'll be sitting and then like go to eat and my hair will just fall on my face and I can't see anything. It's past my nose now. Mm. So it's uh it's to the length that it was in high school when I won best hair. So that's the longest it's been since you were in high school? Pretty much. I th- I would think so. I know my first year of college I let it go back, but um because for graduation for high school, I cut it, and I was, it was short for uh, for me back then, which would be long for me now. But now it's back to normal length in high school, which was uh, yeah. very long. Yeah. My hair is about the same length as yours, but I'm used to having my hair in my face and stuff. Yeah. So I usually like gel it back or put it up in a little tiny top knot thing. Well, I usually gel mine back, but ne- like it's usually like eyebrow length. Now it's past my nose. So I th- it, it might be time to get a chop chop, but we'll we'll see. The barbershops are open now, and I know phase two for Massachusetts is coming on Monday. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about like restaurants I'll, can just sit outside and stuff. I'll probably get my hair cut soon. I think I'm going to let, much to the dismay of Tiffany, I think I'm going to let my beard grow out a little bit more. Okay. And I'm going to try to like, because as of right now, it's like not a, you can see it. It's not mm-hmm. terrible. It's bad, but it's not bad bad it's, it's not like this... your your beard's always been kind of unruly and it doesn't yeah, look that, but that's that one thing right now. i want to grow it out but i want to also tame it a little bit so like get these little straggly guys out of here and then kind of like groom it so like it's more I'll make make your face look square with a beard kind of square it off i'm not gonna go like full dallas keichel or anything like that <laughs> i think but... you should i think that's what you should go for no i'm good but i kind of want to like kind of fade it down a little bit so like it just gets it gets fuller the more you go towards the chin you know what i mean not really but i'm I'm sure you'll i'm sure you'll have it there in a couple of weeks yeah we'll see we'll see but uh, uh speaking of dallas keichel that brings up baseball which we did not have an episode last week i don't know if people noticed um probably not <laughs> probably not but we were busy with our with our lives and a lot of stuff going on so what we did was we threw up a youtube video of us using our uh, our all-time baseball teams in MLB The Show 20. Yeah, so... Uh, up on YouTube. It was our first uh, Bros Talking YouTube video. Yeah, go check that out at youtube.com slash bros talking. Uh, no spoiler alerts, but it was a good game. A lot of uh, runs scored. High-scoring game. Bad for pitching, like we predicted. Yeah, right at the beginning of the video, we predicted it was going to be bad for pitching, and it definitely was. Sure was. But, uh, but other than other than throwing up a YouTube video, dude, how uh, how's your time been in uh, in your in your quarantine life? It's been all right. I uh, spent a lot of time outside. The weather's been really nice. I have a a solid tan going on. Hell um, yeah! So when I do cut my hair, the sides of my head are going to be very white compared to the rest of my my face and upper body. But it it's been nice. Not too hot. Um, a little bit of rain here and there. So. But I, luckily, I've been able to spend a lot of time outside on the beach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went down and we went down and visited you a couple times. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Hung out on the beach. Uh, I've mainly been staying inside. <laughs> well, like I'll, I'll go outside and like go for walks and stuff. But other than that, 
still hanging out, watching a bunch of random shit. Finished uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. So I think last time we talked, that was on season two, almost season three of Avatar. Yep. Um, and finished finished it the other day. Finished it yesterday, literally yesterday. Um, and, dude, season three of Avatar The Last Airbender is fucking masterclass. It is so good. Like, I know you said you don't really remember the ending much. At right? all. Or you don't remember at all. The ending is... Um, can you hear Bronco? No. Oh, he's, he's dreaming. Um, no. Anyway, the ending is... Um, I'm so distracted now, goddammit. The ending is so satisfying. Like, there's a lot, of, a lot of shows that don't end well, but this one is just so good. Like, everything, I think... Season one is definitely more aimed towards kids, and then after after they get to Bossing Say in season two, that's when things start ramping up, and it just gets so goddamn good from there on out. Everything from Zuko's story to Azula's story to Aang and the Avatar team story—it's just it, everyone has a satisfying conclusion, and it is so good. And I couldn't stop watching Avatar content, so I started watching Legend of Korra, which is the sequel series, which everybody, a lot of people, don't like it uh, because it's not. The Last Airbender, but I think it does some really cool stuff. Um, and uh, I think a couple weeks or maybe even like a couple months ago, we had talked about streaming services, and I was like, ah, the only reason why I have CBS All Access is because mom likes to watch the the Hawaii Five O's and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, uh, shout out to CBS All Access because it has seasons one of two, one and two of Legend of Korra on it nice. when no one else does. So keep my uh, CBS All Access. Uh, I actually. Might uh might do CBS All Access because that's where um the TV miniseries The Stand is coming to mm. in September, and I am nearly done with the over twelve hundred page book of Hell Stephen yeah. King's novel The Stand, and I can't wait to watch that. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm trying to picture the characters that are going to be playing the main characters, and it's kind of hard to. So I, I'm really excited for that to come out in the fall when I'm already done with the book. Thank God, man! It's been it's taken me almost two months to read that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I fell off. I, I started reading it, but I fell off. It's 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 tough. Be, it's tough because it's so long. So, and I'm not used to reading. I haven't read for pleasure, probably, <laughs> in so long. So, the first book I'm reading just to read is The Stand, which is so massive, and Stephen King writes so well. But it, it's it's tough to get to get into, and I'm I'm into it now. Like I I was just reading probably four or five chapters before before this. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have CBS All Access, so I mean, I can give you. Can give I you I had it. I had it at one point. I wanted to watch the Grammys when I was living in Brooklyn, so I bought it. And I don't know if I unsubscribed, so I might have had it for oh, a year. Yeah, I may be paying five. Uh, it was like five bucks a month, right? Uh, I paid for the one that doesn't have commercials. So it's nine ninety nine a month. Okay, but I th- I, yeah, I think I had the five dollar one. So who knows? I may be paying five dollars a month for CBS All Access and not using it. And. Uh... A lot of things have happened since we last spoke in like the movie industry and stuff like that. And by the movie industry, I mean HBO Max came out. And I remember us bashing HBO Max, being like, "Ah, oh, we're not going to pay for that." But now I'm like, I'm considering it, dude. It looks pretty fucking good. What What on HBO Max makes you want to like? Oh, I need it. The Snyder Cut. That's it. That's l- literally it, dude. The there's Snyder a lot Cut. of There's a lot of movies on HBO Max that look really enticing. Um. All universal for one, like fast the fast franchise. Um, I know Harry Potter's on there. I don't really care too much about that, but 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm on the fence. I know I'm I'll probably end up getting it eventually, but yeah. I I have Peacock. I got it for, uh, free with my cable subscription, and it's just not that good. Like it just doesn't seem like obviously it has Parks and Rec, it has all the NBC shows that we know and love, but from as far as movies go, it doesn't do it for me. So, so it, ha- it has like the, it's big two draws are Parks and Rec and The Office probably. Yeah, I think I think so because it doesn't have Friends because that's on HBO Max. Yeah. And doesn't I know it doesn't have Scrubs because that's on Hulu. So I don't, I, I, mean, I I didn't really look through it too much. But speaking of like uh, streaming services, watching Cora on CBS All Access just makes me realize how fucking optimized Netflix is, and how like I feel like we take Netflix for granted for the way it sets up things. Like the skipping the intro thing on Netflix is phenomenal. Yeah. It's so, like, you skip the recap, you skip everything until the actual episode starts. And then Netflix, I think, does it best with the show ending, and then the credits go small. And then the next episode starts playing in, like, five seconds once the credits starts rolling mm-hmm. of, like, a show. And HBR, um, CBS doesn't do that. It waits, like, at least 10 to 15 seconds of the credits. Disney, and... Disney Plus does that. Does it? Because mm-hmm. I, I do it with The Simpsons. I think it's a little bit longer than the five seconds that Netflix has. But it's still, it's you can skip the intro... And you can um, jump to the next episode. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I think Netflix has mastered. It's also been around the longest. Been around much longer. But... One thing that Disney Plus doesn't have that Netflix does is the ability to. Um, for some reason, when I'm wa- watching something, I can't switch an episode. It has to pick up. I have to search the show in the on the interface to start at a different episode for instance like with netflix if you're keep watching you can select it and then go to a different episode for disney plus if it's keep watching it starts on that episode you actually have to search the show that you're watching to start at a different episode gotcha that's annoying yeah so you're right netflix netflix figured it out after all the years they've been around and all these newbies showing up still have uh still have to get used to it and figure out their work out their kinks is Bronco still dreaming or is he done now no i think he's done you want to uh, you want to get into this uh, this 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 here big topic? Yeah, we might as well. Um, so I put a task on Ethan's plate. He had only seen one and a half Quentin Tarantino films when I suggested that we uh, rank our favorite Tarantino films. So over the past week, he's watched how many hours worth of Quentin Dude. Tarantino movies? <laughs> All right. So first off, first off, I want to say that this has been my ready for it, ready for it, my my Quarantino week. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, uh, so my plan was to watch. So Tiffany started going back to work and school this week because New Hampshire's reopening and stuff like that. So I was basically just alone in the apartment. So I, my plan was to watch like Tarantino movies back to back, like. Every day this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and today. And then I watched <laughs> Glorious Bastards on Monday. I was like, I can't watch another one. I can't do it because it's just so long. And like, so eventually that night I wound up watching uh, Django. So, but I, I, I got over it. But dude, I can't. I don't think I was able to watch a, a Tarantino film back to back. Just and I don't. I don't think I've ever done that either. I might have watched like you did two in one day, yeah. but there were hours separating yeah. the two weeks just it, because. It, it's a dedication to watch these films. I uh, I started watching Inglorious Bastards at I think around nine o'clock in the morning, and by like eleven fifteen, I was like, "How the fuck is this movie not over yet?" <laughs> like I was, 
And then same thing with Django. I started watching Django at like 8 p.m. at night, and then it got to like close to 11. I was like, I got to finish this tomorrow. Like, I, I can't keep watching this. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're only able to watch a handful. There's a yeah, few so that I, you didn't watch. I, I, out of all of his, his nine movies, I've seen five of them. And a parts of Kill Bill, but I don't really. Consider. I count Kill Bill one and two as one movie, just because. But he doesn't. I think I saw was looking it up today. He hasn't. He he plans on releasing like a supercut of of both Kill Bills as as one movie, but he hasn't yet. I think so because he counts Kill Bill because he he stated that he's only going to do ten movies. Yeah, but does he count? Does he himself count Kill Bill as one movie? Yeah, I believe so. I think it's it's such a long movie that it had to be split up into two movies. Looks well, like The Hateful Eight is now four parts on Netflix. Yeah, because talk about a long movie. Um, um, but yeah, so I don't even remember what I was saying. Oh, um, you didn't see all of them? No, I have not. I did not see um, Reservoir Dogs, um, Jackie Brown, um, Death Proof. Death. Yeah, that one. Death Proof. Death Proof. Is that what it's called? I think so. And Kill Bill. Okay. Yeah, so the only two I haven't seen, and unfortunately I haven't seen it yet, is uh, Jackie Brown. I've heard it's really good. I've heard it's very underrated. Sam uh, Samuel L. Jackson's in it. And uh, Death Proof. I haven't seen Death Proof. Mm-hmm. But from what I've heard, it's not that great of a movie. So I'm okay not seeing it right for this uh, for this ranking. So uh, I'm going to give my my little... So I took notes while watching this movie. I have a, I have a sheet. Nice. Um, so I have four points that are going to... Basically, if you don't know what a Quentin Tarantino movie is, I'm going to sum it up in four points. Uh, All right, let's hear, let's hear your points. I, I'm calling this one the Nolan effect, but I think it might be the Tarantino effect of using the same actors in every single movie. Okay. So, um, I did read a... Um, it might have been on YouTube or something, but... Tarantino likes to connect all of his movies. Yeah, I see there, that there's too. A, there's a Tarantino universe out there. Um, so, just going off like when I was writing it down, the movies that I watched, uh, these are actors that appeared in multiple Tarantino movies that I've seen: uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Kurt Russell, Samuel L. Jackson, Walton Goggins, Christoph Waltz, Uma Thurman, Tim Roth, um, Michael Madsen, and I think that's basically the big ones. I can't. Yeah, I can't think of anything, anyone, anyone off the top of my head. So that, that's point one number one. If any of those actors are in are in a movie, it might be a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> uh, number two, banging soundtracks. Always, uh, always with the soundtrack. But he does one thing really I heard about. One thing I heard about Jackie Brown and Death Proof is they both have good soundtracks. Continue. I think he does something really interesting, at least in the movies that I, I saw recently, um, that he plays the music over like a scene, and then as soon as that scene cuts, that music cuts hard. It doesn't fade out like. Uh, I think that's really interesting because I don't you don't see that a lot. You see the movie like usually, music will fade out with the scene, but this one just cuts the music off like immediately as the scene changes, and I think that's yep. really cool. And you didn't see Reservoir Dogs, right? No. So Reservoir, uh, we're we're gonna be ranked. We're gonna be ranking our top three. I'll let you know now that Reservoir Dogs is not in my top three, so I won't have a chance to talk about it. The soundtrack for Reservoir Dogs is phenomenal. the The music is so important to Reservoir Dogs that. It's like, it's like a state like you said it's a staple for Tarantino. I, you haven't seen it yet, but the stuck in the middle with you, so, um, part of the movie. That's it's just it it gives me chills thinking about it. So that's definitely a movie you have to see because I know you haven't seen it yet. But mm-hmm. it just hammers home your point. So that I'm I'm trying to back you up here. So yes, uh, continue. Number three, 
that you might be watching a Quentin Tarantino movie is that halfway through the movie, random narration starts. Um, explain. Hateful Eight has about an hour and a half of movie, and then as soon as chapter three starts, there's a weird narrator. Yeah. Um, Glorious Bastards has about 30 to 40 minutes of movie, and then Samuel L. Jackson all of a sudden starts narrating the movie. Yep. Um, Once Upon a Time, the... Uh, about two hours of the movie goes by, and then there's weird narration explaining what time it is when the characters are doing their things. Oh, yeah. So, like, there's yeah. weird, just random narration throughout all of his movies that just comes in randomly through, like, doesn't matter. There's no, usually no narration to start the movie. It just happens to come in. I forgot uh, Samuel L. Jackson was the narrator in Inglourious Bastards. And <laughs> number four... The, the biggest sign you're probably watching a Quentin Tarantino movie is there's about a thousand close-ups of feet. Well, that's very well known. That yeah, no, he I know. Foot, he has a women foot fetish. Yes, and it was very, very apparent in uh, Once, Once Upon a Time. time. <laughs> yep. That and Kill Bill. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's Tarantino to a T. You nailed it. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you were able to watch all these and like keep them fresh in your mind. Like, I've yep. seen... Like, I haven't seen uh, Pulp Fiction in years. I haven't seen Kill Bill in years. So you have, you have them all fresh, so it's good for you. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm pumped that you uh, got, got to watch all of them in, in quick succession. Not too quick succession. But no, quick. <laughs> definitely not. Um, all right. So I'm going to let you, since you are the Tarantino buff, uh, would you say that Quentin Tarantino is your favorite director? One of. He's in my top echelon of mm. directors. Uh, so along with like Spielberg and Nolan, yeah. the, like the the classics. Yeah, I would I would put Tar- now that I've seen most of these movies, I would put Tarantino up there with with Christopher Nolan for me as favorite directors. But yeah, and um, writers, he's a yeah. good writer too. Mm-hmm. Like so a lot of the movies that aren't in his catalog, he wrote and still phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna let you start off with your with your number three. Okay. Um. So when I did my list, my ranking of the seven films that I have seen from Tarantino, I left three and four blank because I just didn't know which one to put down. So I finally decided, not flipping a coin, but like trying to think of the movie. Um, so my number three is Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the, the way the movie is set out, like the beginning and the ending basically being the same exact scene. The, the time jumps that happen in this movie are just so confusing but then they all just tie together at the end just mm-hmm. so perfectly it's so good between bruce willis bruce willis's character samuel jackson's character um fuck what's his name Vinny vega john, john travolta. travolta yeah john travolta i i just think the dynamic between all those storylines and the coming together in the end at the uh, in the in the basement with the cop and yeah and then again at the end with in the in the restaurant with uh, Samuel Jackson's wallet and yep. it's just, it's just such a good movie and it's it's crazy to think that it's such a long movie but it's still stress inducing throughout the entire thing. There's no real like let off of the gas until the very end. Yeah, I think so. When I watched uh, when I watched Pulp Fiction, I think it was probably the easiest one to sit all the way through because it was just like tense the entire time. And there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll point, put this out that Pulp Fiction is a close number four to my number three. Okay. But um, I, I, really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a classic. It was a cult classic at one point, but now I think it's just considered a, a very classic movie. And an insane 
throughout the entire thing. Yeah. The, the yeah. adrenaline shot in, in her chest. Yep. <laughs> it's it's so such a crazy movie. I remember seeing it. I was young when I first saw it, and I didn't it didn't really hit hard. And then I watched it a couple years ago, and I'm like, holy shit, this yeah. movie. All right, you're number three now. My number three uh, is Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Uh, I feel like the reason why it isn't higher on the list is because I feel like the pacing is off a little bit um, with, like, the jumps it does where it would go to the... uh, It would go to Brad Pitt and his group, and they'd be, like, super violent, and then all of a sudden go to, like, uh, what's her name? Soshana? her part and it'd be like a, a lot slower and like more of like a world building aspect to it that rather than um like all out action so i feel i feel like it's a little bit jarring when you're watching it but i think it's still awesome christoph waltz is so fucking good dude he is so so good the interrogation scene to open the movie oh, the the opening just, scene of that movie one of my favorite scenes of any film ever he's just so intimidating and he's so tactical and calculated and, and smart, smart. And yeah is so good um, one of the one of the notes I wrote down was also weird narration from Samuel L. Jackson that just happens through like in the middle of that movie for for some reason. Um, another thing that I think would also identify a um, Tarantino movie is that uh, broken like, up into chapters. That and you'll get a scene where it introduces a character and that character gets a name card and it shows like a previous thing of what they did. Yeah. Um, like they did with the Bear Jew. The Bear Jew. Yeah. Um, who is, uh, what's his face? Eli Roth? Yeah. A horror director, Eli Roth? Crazy. Yep. He also um, has a big part in the in the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. big, <laughs> Very big part. Um, I think it's really cool the way he, he does. Uh, and also, I think we should have said this before, but spoilers for every single Tarantino movie. Yes. Um, I think it's really cool the way he does, like, rewrite history in, in a lot of his yeah. movies. Um, his I think his take awesome. on history. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shoshana's awesome. She's, I feel like, an underrated character in that movie. She's, mm-hmm. she's also very calculated and smart and knows exactly what she's doing. And the tie, the callback to her, the scene where she's eating with the, the Germans and Christoph Waltz's character comes in and she like recognizes him immediately and starts and like freaking out. And he recognizes her too. Yeah, so awesome. Uh, one thing I really liked is the language barrier between all the movies or between all the characters. So like if. If you're in a spot or you're in part of the movie where Shoshana is the main character and she's at, like I said, the, the German dinner table, she can't understand. And then there's no subtitles on what they're talking about. Right. I, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same with like when Brad Pitt's the main character and you're watching it and he has to have a translator and then you, he just says what he wants him to say. And there's no subtitles back and forth. I think that's right. really well done. Right. Um, the and then also Italian, the part yeah. where Brad Pitt. Oh, so now. good. Why yeah. <laughs> And uh, fucking Christoph Waltz is making him repeat his name because yep. he knows he's not saying it he right. He knows, yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite line in the entire movie, though, is when he uh, shoots the guy at the very end. And then Christoph Waltz says something. And he's like, no, it's more like chewed out. I've well, been chewed I, I, out. I've before. been chewed out before. <laughs> so yeah, good. He was like, You'll have your, they'll have your head for this. Nah, I think I'll be chewed out. I've been chewed out before. So good, dude. Brad Pitt is phenomenal. Yeah. He's like, everyone... Aldo the like, Apache. I feel like in Tarantino movies, the acting is always going to be top notch. Mm-hmm. One, one thing that bothered me about Inglorious Bastards, you never learned where uh, Aldo got his scar on his neck from. Yeah, I I, 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 I want to know that story. Like, yeah. what happened for him to have a scar from from one side of his neck to the other? 
the um the poker scene or not the poker scene the the like guess who game they're playing is also that scene is fantastic when he I want my scalps. He pull, I'll pulls get out my a, scalps. He pulls out a uh, a pistol and it's like I have a point at your testicle and it's like I have your, my I've had my gun pointed at your balls the entire time. <laughs> so so awesome and then everyone just shoots each other. That's uh, Michael Fassbender for you. Yeah, dude. I was like, is that? I got. I was watching. I was like, is that Fassbender? I had to look it up because he looks yep. like different. Because mm-hmm. I think this was like one of his probably his first big movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Inglorious Bastards number three. Highly recommend watching it. All right. So my number two. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Hey oh. So I went and saw this movie in theaters, and I saw it, and I was like, I sat through it. I I sat there. I, Credits rolled. I was like, well, that was a pretty good movie. And then I'm driving home. I'm thinking about it. And I get home and I was like, holy shit, that was an awesome movie. Like, I, I didn't really dawn on me that it was such a good movie because it's it's so drawn out and it's not necessarily action packed. But it tells such a cool story of mm-hmm. Rick Dalton and Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio killed it. I, I He's such a good actor in this movie. He's I, I know he won for The Revenant. He probably should have won way before The Revenant. But I also think he should have gotten more recognition in this movie. Is I, he I know Brett. I don't know. I, that's what I mean. I can't remember if he was nominated or not. I don't think he was. I don't think he was either. And I know Brad Pitt did win for this movie, which he earned it there, too, because Brad Pitt's phenomenal in this movie. The only problem is I think he's kind of playing the same character that he did in, in Glorious Passage. Yeah. So very similar. Like um, the cocky, know-it-all kind of guy. Cliff, Cliff Booth. Um, But Leonardo DiCaprio just does such a phenomenal job in this movie. It kind of, It's... I know when this movie was coming out, it was Quentin Tarantino's love story to Hollywood about Hollywood, which you could definitely tell. Yeah. Um, but the last 30 minutes of this movie were amazing. The 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 tenseness that it had when uh, when Cliff went to the uh, the old the old West Town with all the gypsies and and um, Manson's crew. And he, he beat that guy up for uh, slashing his tire yep. and then made him redo it. And then um the the combination of the end after Rick got back from uh, Italy and Cliff took the uh, cigarette with acid and then the Manson crew went to murder Sharon Stone and and again it's the same ending as Inglorious Bastards it rewrites history it's it's phenomenal and it's one of those movies that like I said you don't think it's a good movie until you think about it mm-hmm. and then you're like holy shit it's a good movie. I really like it. So it's my number two out of Quentin Tarantino. It holds a special place in my heart because it's one of the only ones that I got to see from the beginning with the masses. I, mm-hmm. I was able to see it in theaters and listen to the commentary on it and, and pull for Brad Pitt when he was nominated for an Oscar and watch him win. So I, I really enjoyed it. So that's yeah. my number two. Cool. Right on. My uh, my number two is going to be a 2012 movie called Django Unchained. Uh, watched this movie the other day and absolutely fell in love with it like it is it is hard to watch at some points yes uh it like it is super like some of it it's super super tough to watch and i will definitely admit that if you're if you have a weak stomach this might not might not be the movie for you um but i think again christoph waltz after watching bastards and django unchained literally in the same exact day christoph waltz became one of my favorite actors of all time he won he, he won best supporting for Django. Yep. I think he should have won for Bastards also. I think he should have too. I don't know if he was nominated for Bastards. I think he was. Um, I th- actually, I think you're right. I think he was too. Uh, but Christoph Waltz actually, I was reading about it. He um, declined the role at first. 
or he was he had intentions to decline the role that uh, Tarantino wrote specifically for him because he didn't want to be stereotyped as the German character. Yeah, and then he said the only way he would play that character is that there wasn't an ounce of hate in his body, so he couldn't ever be a bad like make bad decisions. So I think that's really cool. Uh, kind of wish this movie got the uh, either Kill Bill treatment or Hateful Eight treatment that was broken up into two movies. One because it's extremely long. Yeah. Uh, and two, I really wanted to see more of Django and um, Schultz. That's the name, right? Yep, Doctor Schultz. Uh, uh, bounty hunting. Like I thought that was the, my favorite the, part of the movie. The story, the story of the like they they just sum over the winter that yeah. they go hunting in the mountains, right? Yeah, it's like a montage of them hunting down people and, and I, I wanted to see them like actually do that because I think that was to me the most intriguing part of a former slave becoming a bounty hunter. Uh, I, I understand that the the whole point of Django was to get his wife back. um like i understand that was the whole point of the movie was to get his wife back and stuff like that um but but then you get to but then you get to Candyland in mississippi Mm. and fucking leo dude i don't know how i don't know how he wasn't nominated for best supporting actor in this movie i feel like it had to go to christoph waltz but he wasn't even leo wasn't even considered like it wasn't nominated and he's one of the best villains I've seen in a very long time. So good. It's like he's naive, but he's like super smart at the same time. I, I don't know. He's amazing. The the scene, the dinner table scene. Yeah. Just awe-inducing. Every time I've seen, every time I see that scene where he smashes the glass and he's bleeding, I just think like, oh my god, like I'm trying to think of what the crew is doing because and what the other actors are thinking because obviously that wasn't planned. Yeah. He's, where he's, um, you, you know the story, right? Yeah, he slams yeah. the glass and breaks breaks the glass into his hand. Yeah, he, and, he needs like stitches and shit, but he just yeah. continues the scene and then he wipes the blood on her face. Yeah. Like, oh my god, like I'm, try- I'm trying to imagine what, what the rest of the crew's reaction was to that because it's... That, how did that's this man get an, an Oscar? Granted, I've never seen The Revenant, but how did he get an Oscar for The Revenant? And not for anything else, man. Yeah. Like he uh wasn't he oh man. <laughs> it's why Leo's one of my favorite actors. He's so good. And like I feel like a lot of people give him shit. Like I feel like a lot of people like I don't know, I feel like he was never really taken seriously until maybe even this movie, Django and and then Revenant and then Wolf of Wall Street. Like those all came out kind of around the same ish time. So I feel like mm-hmm. he wasn't really taken seriously until then Django. There was, yeah, and then there was Inception and then Shutter Island. Yeah. So good, dude. Inception is my favorite movie of all time. And granted, he's not the best he's been in, in Inception. Like, I feel like I don't even know if he, I would consider him the best actor in that movie. But no. but he's still the leading role. Yeah. Um, and then what's your, this, what, what's your favorite scene in Django? Because there's a lot of, like, just important scenes. My favorite scene? Probably, obviously, the dinner table scene is, is really good. But I also really like the scene where he... um tricks the the mine the miners at the at the very end to get get the horse and go back to Candyland. Yeah. Where, where Tarantino's one of the the guys. Yeah. Tarantino. Yeah, I, I like out, when Tarantino throws himself into his movies. Pulls out the callback of the you always keep your your first bounty in your in your back pocket for good luck and he pulls yep. out the flyers like these guys are working at this ranch, let's go kill them and I'll give you all of the money. I just want some of it. And then as soon as they hand him a pistol, he's like inspecting it and shoots the guy through the holster. Yep. Awesome. So awesome. And then after he had the the guy take the dynamite off the horse and then he blows oh man, dude. Like shoots the shoots the dynamite while he's carrying it. Yep. That's I feel like that's my favorite scene because it's just that's, like so unexpected. It's that's a A, that's a really good scene. I think 
I have two favorite scenes. One, uh, probably my favorite scene in the movie is uh, where uh, Schultz just got Django and they got to the first town and they go into the bar and the bartender kicks him out and the guy's like, no, and Schultz is like, no, we're staying. So then they get the sheriff. The sheriff walks up. Uh, Schultz just listens to him and then shoots him dead in the street yeah. and then walks back into the bar and says, now I'll, I'll wait your, I wait your marshal. And then yeah. he has that out. It's just Schultz talking and it's Christoph Waltz being amazing um, with his, with his lines. Um, and then my other favorite scene is where uh, Django's wearing the blue 1700s uh, uniform and they go to the, uh, the one house. Oh, fuck, what's the guy's, the actor's name, but his name is big daddy in the movie, but I can't remember. Uh, Oh yeah, I don't. I, don't I know can't remember the actor's name, but um, and then that's where they kill. That's where Django does his first bounty, mm-hmm. in his uh, in his blue revolution, revolutionary and, times. And the outfit. the woman that's with him is like, uh, said something about his master, and Django's like, yeah. "That's not my master." So, and he's like, "She, she's like, you dress like that on yourself, like by yeah. yourself." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, Jamie. Jamie Fox is so good in that movie. Another, well, I feel like underrated actor, Jamie Fox. Yeah. He's so good in that movie. So so good. Yes, it's it's a it's a phenomenal movie. Um, but yeah, Django Unchained, my number my number two. Cool. All right, so I'll go real quick through my my seven through four before I go my number one. Uh, num- like I said, Jackie Brown and Death Proof not ranked just because I haven't seen them yet, and I, I that's on me. I know Jackie Brown is a is a good movie that I've yet to see, so I'm excited to watch that. But uh, for me, number seven is Hateful Eight. Number six is Kill Bill counting them as one movie uh number five reservoir dogs and number four django so that gotcha. leaves so number that leaves one with number one which is one of my favorite movies of all time inglorious bastards yep uh real quick though i would put my right my least favorite movie obviously because it's not my number five i haven't talked about it literally at like at all is hateful eight i think that movie's just like way too slow and it's just it's, like i i like the idea movie. of Everybody, take, the whole movie basically taking place in one room. I think mm-hmm. that's really cool, and I, I like Kurt Russell's fantastic, and then Samuel L. Jackson's fantastic in it. But I feel like it just drags a lot. Like Channing Tatum's fantastic in it for <laughs> ten minutes. He's in it. Yeah. yeah, I forgot Channing Tatum was in that movie, dude. <laughs> Holy yep. shit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would I would watch Hateful Eight again, but it's not the first movie I'd be like. I feel like watching a movie. I'm gonna put on the Hateful Eight. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's a movie that. I wanted to see, and once I saw, I was like, "Okay, I don't need to watch yeah. this again." It's like it's not a it, movie you need to watch multiple times. I watched it, I think, once with a group of people, and then I think again, maybe like three or four months later, because I didn't, I, I wanted to watch it without people talking during it, and I don't think I really ever need to see that movie again because I, I know what happened. Again, it's it's a it's a good movie. It's it's not necessary that you see it multiple times. Also, the fact. Oh, never, never mind. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> to talk about the, the big black dingus scene. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, never mind. <laughs> so, you're number one. Oh, I thought you were going to list yours. But, okay. Well, I mean, five is hateful. Oh, yeah. And four was yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, in Passage, the opening scene, Christoph Waltz, phenomenal. Can I get some more of your delicious milk? Like, yeah. oh my god, it's so good. The and then just him being able to figure out that they're in the floorboards, him switching over from French to English because the 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 people in the floorboards don't understand English, so good. And then just from there on out, I know you said that it doesn't necessarily move 
that well. Like, it's paced out. I think it's paced out phenomenally. Like, it has the action, and then it cools you down. And then it has the action, and then it cools you down. So I just think throughout the movie, it has the scenes where, you know, Brad Pitt introduces the bear Jew and they and he uh te- and Teddy Williams knocks it out of the park and yeah. uh, he just he goes to town on that guy's head with a baseball bat and then it comes down a little bit and it goes through Shosh- Shoshana's story and how she's um oh, the owner of the theater and the, the the German shoulder is infatuated with her and I don't know it's just I think it's the storytelling is phenomenal um the use of the British spy uh Brid- Bridget von Hammersmark. Mm-hmm. And her use in that in that scene, and her leaving the shoe, and Christoph Waltz just putting it together as soon as he finds the shoe, it's it's just phenomenal. It's such yeah. a good movie, and I've seen it multiple multiple times. And just the tension that builds up throughout the movie, and then when they're at the theater, the the part with the restaurant where mm-hmm. where uh, the German shoulder, I can't remember his name. He stands up, and oh, what's his name? I want to oh, say it's really like know. Fred Frederick something. Fred, no, Frederick's uh, the guy that works in the in the theater with her. I can't remember his name. Uh, give me a second. Frederick Zoller. Yeah, so I was right, Frederick. Okay. Um, and then the the strudel scene is just so good when yeah. she's by herself with him, and he was waiting for her to like the strudel, and she was just so tense that she just couldn't. She like couldn't even speak and couldn't eat and oh, his his character is phenomenal and that was interrogating Bridget von Hammersmark and he does the Cinderella with her with yeah. her shoes and he's like oh a perfect fit yeah. and he strangles her it's like oh my god it's such a it's such a good movie and the ending too where he tries to uh to barter his way to being an American hero by yeah. giving up the Nazis and and Aldo puts his uh his mark on his forehead at the end oh. that so awesome like that the fact that when you get home, I bet you're gonna take that uniform off, right? Yeah. And it's like, there's something I'm gonna give you something that you can't take off. I can't yeah. ever take off, and fucking carves in a swastika under his forehead, dude. Awesome. And they're like, but right before that, um, he does that. Brad Pitt asks for his knife back. Aldo's like, yep. Can I have my knife, and Christoph Waltz like begrudgingly gives it back because he I feel like he was gonna keep it. Yeah. And then as a souvenir, as like yeah. a, as a trophy. Nope. Uh, he's so, gonna live, so live on um, where do you want to live? Martha's Vineyard. He didn't want to live in Martha's Vineyard. So I feel like it was oh Nantucket. You want to Nantucket? Live in Nantucket. Yep. Out in Nantucket. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's 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 a good mix of comedy. It's a good mix of action suspension. It's to I, me, it's one of the it's one of those perfect movies. I feel like Tarantino does that a lot with with his movies, where he it'll be a really heavy movie, but then like there's like a couple of, a couple of seconds of comedy in it like yeah where you like well, chuckle but it's not like burst out laughing it's like <laughs> right well for instance going back to django the uh the climax scene in the in the doorway of the house where it's samuel jackson and he shows back up and he shoots that one woman he says all right could say goodbye to whatever her name is and he shoots her and she blows like 10 feet out the yeah. doorway and you don't see her again like that's funny yeah. but it's in such a tense scene that you like you chuckle and then you're all of a sudden you're snapped back into reality like holy yeah. shit but like uh, he he does that very well. So another point I think I would I'd, I'd make say that you could possibly watching be could possibly be watching a Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, number I think this is number six. <laughs> number six is yeah. that fucking violent dude. <laughs> oh they, yeah, they are violent. Yeah, movies. he does. He does. He doesn't hold back. No, he never did. Like you look, no, you look at Pulp Fiction, you look at Reservoir Dogs, fucking, his older films. In, they are very violent. In Bastards, at the very the very end of the movie, when they're in the movie theater, and um. 
the bear Jew and the other guy break open the door to shoot Hitler and they're shooting him with like full on Tommy gun clips. Like the, yeah. like they point unload blank. on yeah. <laughs> a point blank. This is dead body just getting unloaded on. Yeah. I, I also going back to the uh, rewriting of history. It's, it's interesting to see cause he does it in both uh, once upon a time and in glorious bastards. Like obviously he does it like right up front, like up front. He changes history. It's interesting to see that just because like what would have happened if like, and glorious bastards had taken place and yeah. the entire Nazi army was in a is in a theater in France and it went up in flames and killed everyone. Like yeah. how would the war have ended that way? Because obviously it would have ended because you had the Third Reich dead. But I don't know. It's 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 my favorite movie for many reasons, mostly being that it's a fun movie. I mean it's a it's kind of a dark subject, but it's yeah. the way the way the movie takes place is just fun for me. Alright, my number one. The one I watched most recently. So that's the thing about this movie, these, these movies, especially my top four. I feel like the list could change a lot. Like if I if so, if I watched Pulp Fiction about twenty minutes ago, I'd probably be like, oh, Pulp Fiction is probably in top three right now. Okay, yeah. But so my number one is the one I've watched the most recently, which is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, Brad Pitt, dude, <laughs> first Academy Award for Brad Pitt. That gets this. That gets uh, points in my book for getting getting Brad Pitt his first ever Academy Award. Um, it's such a good movie. Tiffany came in at the very end of this movie and she's like, "Is that is that Leonardo DiCaprio?" And I was like, "Yeah." And the other one's Brad Pitt. And she's like, "They look old." And I'm like, "Dude, they look fucking hot." Like, <laughs> I want to be as good looking as Brad Pitt when I'm 56 yep. years old, dude, or yep. even Leo when I'm 45. They yep. look phenomenal. <laughs> they look yep. so good. And the Leo's scene, not even this... supposed to look good because he's no, like an alcoholic and a heavy smoker yep. and shit. The scene where Brad Pitt's on the roof and he takes his shirt off. <laughs> yeah. like, God damn it, why can't I be like that? Right? Dude, he's fucking, god damn, he's gorgeous. Um, oh, I didn't get to talk about Margot Robbie when I talked about my one, Once Upon a Time. I think she's phenomenal in this movie. I kind of disagree. She, no, but she's playing the part well. She's not yes. supposed to be a main character. She's playing Sharon Stone, this little naive, little uh, up-and-coming actress who doesn't really know much better. And then she obviously... She goes to the Hollywood parties and just has a good time. And she's now with her new husband. Um, fuck, what's his name? The director. Uh, the um, I just watched it like twenty. Yeah, the, the director. Whatever. Yeah. whatever. So, yeah, yeah. And she's she's living her she's living out her dream. So uh, I don't think she necessarily has to be a fantastic character. But I think yeah, I Mar- like... Rob- Margot Robbie does a good job at playing Sharon Stone. I, yeah, I feel like they just didn't give her much to do besides be Margot Robbie, which is be attractive to look at. You know what I mean? Yeah. And show your feet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, who in their right mind puts their feet on the back of a movie seat? Like, like while that, the movie's yeah. going on? Come on. Oh, it's it's the doing? 70s. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, no, I think it was also the 60s, by the way. Yeah. 69. Yeah. Fair. Um, Fair. The soundtrack in Once Upon a Time, though, the 60s music, mm-hmm. like Mrs. Robinson by Simon and Garfunkel and shit like that. Oh, man. It is so, so, so good. The one song that sticks out was in the trailer. Um, California Dreamin'? No. Hold on. I have it. But no, I also like the the callbacks like to a lot of his other movies. Kind of like he he the callback to Bastards, where Leo's the the in the movie star who kills all the Nazis by using the flamethrower on. Yep. Like that. That's that's kind of cool. It was Bring a Little Lovin'. Where um, Brad Brad Pitt's driving, it's flying. Shout out to Margaret Qualley, who is Pussycat, because mm. she's really really good. 
but she also plays Mama in Death Stranding. And I thought that was, I was like, she looks right. so fucking familiar. Who is that? And I looked at it, I was like, oh shit. Um, so yeah, shout out to, she was, she was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I like that Brad Pitt didn't fall for it. Yeah, I, I, that's where I thought it was going to me, like when I first was watching it. And he sees it on the sidewalk, and she like gives him the peace sign, and he gives it back. It's like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna fall in love, and he's gonna get like, I feel like he's gonna fall into the the Manson uh, compound. He's gonna be like one of the bad guys in this movie, and absolutely absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. He gets to the Manson compound. That that whole sequence where he wants to talk to um, George, yep, is so good. And then and, they and, don't uh, want him to talk big, to George. Big Red doesn't want him to. Yeah, but like, who is um? That's Dakota Fanning. Yep. No. It, it, it is. Is Squeaky. it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I forget who the girl. There was a girl that was looking at the screen door before, and while, while oh, that's was... um, Sydney Sweeney. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. The cast is just unbelievable, dude. Like mm-hmm. the cast is so stacked in this movie. Again, with with a lot of Quarantino regulars, but um. So what was good. your thought on the uh, the Bruce Lee scene? Because so you know I, this movie was banned in China. I looked it up, and actually, it was, was going to get censored in China, and then Tarantino pulled it. He didn't want it to be shown without. The, I, I mean, I could see how it could be a little offensive. He, I mean, he wasn't like it wasn't full on caricature, but it kind of was at the same it time. Was. Um, yeah, like the, the fight scene with Brad Pitt is a little over a little the top. Iffy. Yeah, a little, a little over the top. Um, and I could see, I could see why. I mean, especially China would would censor that, but. I mean, it is what Kurt, it is. Kurt Russell again coming in with a brief cameo and Kurt boom, Russell, and then he also the he was also the narration at the end. Yep. Um. So that that's the the one thing about this movie is I expected it to be more. I think I expected more action because I knew like I knew it was about the Manson murders and stuff. So, barely. but there's no murders. <laughs> yeah, and you barely see Charles Manson. You see Charles him for what, if, a, a two he, minutes. He's in one scene. Yeah, the scene where he shows up to the house that Sharon Stone like, lives in. And he like does that weird thing around what's his name to see Sharon Stone. Yeah. He like looks around his shoulder and sees her, makes eye contact with her, kind of does a head nod, and yeah. that's all you see. But like, that's the reasoning for the killings. It was like he showed up there, and that set it off. Like, I don't know. Months later, my Manson would want those people murdered. Uh, it's just crazy. Yeah. Leo's uh, Leo's scene where he forgets his line in the 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 show, and he freaks out in his trailer, and, and he starts yelling. Tra- the, the trailer scene is so good. I've watched that. That scene specifically multiple times. Where he's I, like, I, I'm never drinking whiskey sours, fucking whiskey. And he's like cursing up a storm. And then like he goes yeah. to take a sip of his flask and throws it out the door. And, then and he's talking to himself in the mirror saying that yeah. he's going to kill himself he's if, he doesn't, if he doesn't get the line right. Yeah. But the, like, and, it's crazy. Like he's looking at himself in the mirror, but the mirror is also looking at the camera. Yeah. Like the way Tarantino does it, it's phenomenal. The, and the shooting is just phenomenal. And then when he redeems himself by like improving during the scene and throws the little girl off his like lap and shit. And he's just like... A, I got, that's Leo. Like that's just masterclass yep. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep. And then he apologizes to her right away, and yep. she's cool too. Yeah, she is. Um, but no, Leo is fantastic. Brad Pitt was fantastic. Brad Pitt's shoes looked so fucking comfortable, and I want a pair of them. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that shirt, the the yellow shirt over top the wife beater. Yeah. The whole, looks so it looks so cool. The old Hawaiian guy is what they called him because he was yep. wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Also, the scene where he. Uh, goes home after dropping off Rick earlier in the movie and he makes the what's what's the dog's name? Oh, Brandy? Is yeah, it is Brandy. Yeah, and he makes Brandy food and puts it in the dumps it and then makes himself mac and cheese. Every time I see that scene, I get so hungry for mac and cheese. <laughs> Just cuz he makes it look so cool. <laughs> I feel like it reminds us living with 
me and you living with Carter because we used to eat mac and cheese a lot. So I've, yeah, I've, and also that dog kind of resembles Carter because both pit bulls. But uh, yeah, I know. dude, Brady's I really well. Dude, I uh, so I'm gonna admit, as soon as the uh, the car of of hippies shows up and they leave and they decide they're gonna go back and they're gonna murder um, what's Leo's Dalton. character? Rick Dalton. Dalton. Yeah. Yep. They decide they're gonna murder him. I ha- I had to pause the movie and I googled, "Does the dog die at once upon a time in Hollywood?" And then it said no. It's like okay, cool. That's all I got. That's all, all right. I <laughs> not only does the dog not die, the dog is the most badass character yeah, of the entire movie. And that's this thing. Like I like watching this whole movie. I was like, oh, it's not as violent <laughs> as as other Tarantino movies. And then the last fifteen minutes happens, and the fucking <laughs> yep. dog is ripping this dude's. Balls neck, off yeah, and balls fucking, off, and it goes for the neck on the other girl. And, and, yeah, the girl's face is mutilated because she starts charging at Brad Pitt, and he just fucking chucks a can of dog food at her and hits her <laughs> yep. right in the face, but and then bashing her face of, up against the chimney and shit. The best part of that whole scene was he was tripping on acid. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he's like, "I know you. You're a cowboy. What's your name? Rex or something? Rex or something?" And then she says, "Text. Let's get him." He's like, "That was it. It's text." And, the whole and then he's holding the gun. Tex is holding the gun, and then Brad Pitt does finger guns at yep. him and starts laughing, you know, like hysterically. Like, it's just so good, dude. It's yep. so good. The the last twenty minutes of that movie make up the movie. And like I yeah. said, when I when I said it, it's when you're watching it the first time, you're like, eh, that was a good movie." And then you think about it, it's like, "Holy shit, that was a really good movie." And then fucking Dal- Rick Dalton has no idea what's going on because he's listening to music in his pool. And the girl busts through the door and runs into the pool, and he's like, "Covered in fuck? blood with a knife." Yeah, and she and they, she like jumps in the pool and she's just screaming while shooting the gun in the air, and yep. he goes into his shed and pulls out the flamethrower from the Nazi movie he was in, just fucking lights her out. Pool. Oh man, <laughs> it's. It's such a climactic ending for a non-climactic and movie. Then, but the, the very end is like him just going to hang out with Sharon Stone. Like the first time they've ever met yep. is at the very end of the movie and because they live next to each other. Yep. For like, and he's going to get his big break, big break with the director. Yep. Because that, that was why he was like pumped that he was living there because he was going to get a big break. He was going to become friends. He was going to go to yep. all the pool parties. Fuck, what was the actor's name? Let me look it up. You looked that up too? Because yep. I remember it being like an important actor of the 60s. I'm not, not an actor, a director. Uh, Roman Polanski. Yes. Polanski, the Polanski residence. Yep. Yep. Damn, I'm, I'm really upset I couldn't remember that. But yeah, that was going to be his big break, was hanging yeah. out with Roman Polanski, and now he finally got to do it after all that crazy shit happened. Also, I like that he just came back from Italy after six months with the wife. Yeah, came back wife. And then it wasn't a big topic or anything. They, like, it wasn't like they bickered or anything. He's like, now that I have a wife, I can't really afford to pay for, for your stunt double. And, or, like He would like hire... Um, Cliff to do like work around the house and drive in places and stuff like that, so he couldn't really afford him anymore. They were supposed they were supposed to not be friends after basically after that after that night of getting shit faced together. They were going to go their, their separate ways. That was their last night together. Yeah, yep. and, and now, just, now yeah. it's definitely not because he's like see you tomorrow as he's going to the hospital. So yeah. well, Rick was going to go visit him at the hospital. Yeah, so. yeah, dude, it's it's so good. Like it's it's such a a weird movie, but it's so mm-hmm. so like well, I feel like I feel like that's, that's how you Tar- can that's Tarantino. It's yeah, I say that's how you can qual or also. Uh, no, it's a Tarantino movie. It's just so fucking weird, but so good at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I know you haven't seen it yet, but I definitely suggest watching Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Um, that's before and, he started doing like five hour epics, right? Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs isn't. It's it's an hour and a half ish. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it's like ninety nine minutes, so it's not even an hour and a half. It's not that long, but it's one of those movies that makes you think. So mm-hmm. and. I, that's what I really like about his movies. You're kind of left in the dark until the end, 
and that's yeah. and that's how a lot of his movies are. So I don't know. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I could introduce you to the wonderful world of Quentin Tarantino. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. So, Inglorious Bastards, Once Upon a Time, Pulp Fiction. That's my top three, and yours is uh, Once Upon a Time, Django, and Inglorious Bastards. Yep. Hell yeah. It's. It- it surprises me that I haven't seen Christoph Waltz in more things. <laughs> I know. And that that's what I'm nervous about. I'm, I hope he didn't get typecasted. Yeah. Because of his amazing performance in Bastards and Django. I mean, so. he... Bastards is his first, was his first big break in the Hollywood movie industry. He was usually... He would do, like, German TV shows and German movies and stuff. He wasn't really acting a lot in America or anything like that. So I feel like he probably is now typecasted as the German actor. Maybe. But... I mean, Michael Fassbender is also German. I think he's German heritage, but I don't know if he's actually German. I think, I think he's, he's American. I thought he was from Scotland. Oh, no, he's in, he's from Scotland in the movie, isn't he? And in, in fucking Inglorious Bastards. No, he's from England. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, such a good movie. And Winston Churchill just randomly just sitting there. I yeah. I've picked up on that. Just hanging out. And Michael Myers is the uh, fucking... Michael Myers, yep. The, yep. the 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 leading officer, or whatever, giving a fast for, the yep for England. So yeah, fucking Tarantino's uh, cast is always just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, yep. So that was that's Tarantino for you. What are you? What are your guys' favorite Tarantino movies? Yeah, let us know. Yeah, let us know. I'd love to know I mean, what your favorite Tarantino movies are and why it's Inglorious Bastards. Or why it is Django Unchained or Pulp Fiction or <laughs> literally any of them. That's that's the thing with Tarantino movies. Like you rank these and like you said when it just talked about like the time you watched it, like it could like switch. All of a sudden Django could be my number one. Yeah. Uh, maybe not my number one. I think Inglorious Bastards is cemented in my number one. But my top two through probably five can flip easily. Just flip around. Yeah, it's me too. Like, I feel like my one could even flip-flop. Like, I feel like it could be Django, it could be Bastards, it could be Pope. Like, it could just be this <clears throat> change, like, oh, ever-changing list. Kind of like how Star Wars is. Like, kind of, yeah. I, I always, I always like, ah, do I, do I really like Rogue One better than, than you know what I mean? So, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Like, dude, you know, I, I was nervous that you would, like, watch and then be like, why did he make me watch all the... No, dude, I, I, I really enjoy them. They're awesome. Phenomenal. I think we should uh, we should do this again with with uh, with a different director in the near future with uh, maybe a little uh, Chris Chris Nolan action. Chris Nolan guy. I feel like with Nolan though, I don't really want to watch Batman Begins. <laughs> I don't really want to watch Batman Begins or uh, Dark Knight Rises. I love the Dark Knight Rises. I like Dark Knight a lot. Dark Knight Rises is solid, but I don't know if I want to watch it again because it's another long movie. Hey, dude, it's unnecessarily long. Yeah, unnecessarily long. And you haven't seen Dunkirk, right? No. But, yeah. I've already said... I mean, I've already kind of spoiled the list if you were listening earlier about what my favorite movie of all time is, but if we do a, if we do a yeah. Nolan well, review, Nolan... Well, Nolan I know right. you already knew my number one for Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've stated before that Inglourious Bastards is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. But, yeah, that's gonna... That's gonna I feel like that's gonna wrap it up. No no, no BuzzFeed quiz this week because we're, we're right about an hour and that's... that's Dude, our, we did, we did well on our own this time. Yeah. No, no need... For, no need for BuzzFeed. We did it. We came up with a topic and we talked about it for about an hour. That's, that's yeah. all that matters. Hell yeah. Uh, Nick, if people wanted to talk to you about your favorite Tarantino movies, 
Where would they go? You go to Twitter and or Instagram. Preferably Twitter. I don't really do Instagram too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, N-I-C-K-A-0-2-3. And you can find me at Twitter at Amazing Asthmatic. Hit us up on Twitter. To send us topics to talk about or email. But Twitter would be at bros underscore talking. And email would be bros talking pod at gmail.com. Haven't been streaming video games the past like three weeks because my computer died but i'm gonna try and maybe do something tonight we'll see we'll see tonight see if it works we've been doing Um, pretty well on call of duty yeah dude we're getting we're getting better we're getting if any of our uh listeners want to play call of duty with us let us know yeah hit us up we'll 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 squad up squad we'll squad up but uh but until uh until next week that's uh that's it folks that's all folks see ya Oh, sis.